We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way, and I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are 1,245 days into 14 days to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, how are you this week? I'm healthy and alive, doing well. Uh, yeah. I'm glad to hear it. Well, it's a new week and we have new things to discuss this week. Unfortunately, somebody that posted a rather vulgar, uh, possibly even a threatening, don't know what it was because it's, it's being investigated at the moment. Uh, a man has been killed during an FBI raid in connection with threats against Biden and other officials. A Utah man was shot and killed by the FBI during a raid first thing this morning. Is this what we're doing now? Is this best practice? We're killing people? At least the initial report, right? We don't, we don't know what happened. But the headline at the moment doesn't really look good. But somebody posts a thing, a, you know, a threat, which should be taken seriously, no matter who it is. But that? Um, I'm, I'm still a proponent of... Uh... You, a threat is still technically freedom of speech. Technically, you didn't do anything wrong until you actually act upon it. And then the law enforcement should, uh, uh, you know, apprehend or whatever. The The thing is, is law enforcement, in my opinions, <laughs> your, your, your role is to uh, protect innocence. It's not to hunt down crime. It's not. No, it's it's to protect the innocent, in my opinion. That has changed over the last hundred years. But because of that change, it opens the door for this kind of thing. In my opinion, law enforcement were uh, hunting down a presumed criminal um, because he wrote things that were if, if you did the same kind of action for all the people that have uh, said they were going to shoot up a school or uh, another location, we would have zero shootings uh, because law enforcement every time has put this person on a watch list and then just mysteriously removes them a year before it happens. And then uh, lo and behold, uh, there, there's a shooting and a lot of people die or, you know, as the Texas one that we've kind of uh, talked about ad nauseum when that was a thing uh, and law enforcement did nothing. Yeah, this is an instance of because he was speaking against the president, because he was speaking against a protected class. Um, now we're going to send law enforcement into a kill order. Uh, I mean, uh, now we don't know the details. I'm, I'm yeah, but that's effectively what just happened here. Um, it was a freedom of speech problem, and they basically killed him over freedom of speech. So 
at least with the initial reports, that's what it looks like. And I, again, there's internal investigations that have to be done, and that's what's being done because a shooting happened. And I understand that law enforcement agencies do that. But as Bruce pointed out in prep, your government investigating the government. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's another problem is uh, it should not be a government organization uh, investigating it. It should literally be uh, someone like an elected uh, department or, uh, you know, directly elected by the people and have uh, investigations done that way. So then you have a little bit more control, a little bit more guarantee that um, you're getting the truth because you're directly electing them and can directly remove them, uh, you know, impeach them. But because we have no apparatus in place for that, uh, law enforcement is more or less the militant arm of the government. And when it comes to uh, the people, you know, it's citizenry. Either way. I don't know. I mean, if you take all this stuff and you just kind of put it aside, why would you be posting about something like that online? You know, I just have to ask the simple question as to why you would do such a thing. What kind of unhinged lunatic? Doesn't matter what it's about, whether it's about that or somebody that's not an official or or somebody that's living in the same neighborhood as you. Why would you do something like that? What on earth have we actually stooped to that this is what's being done now? This this online insanity. Does it say where he posted it? Was this something that he no. posted online in a direct message? Uh, it doesn't and... say. Uh, it just said that uh, the man under investigation suggested online he was making plans to take physical action. The threats had been deemed credible, according to the FBI official. Okay. Um, but again, I've run into the issue of um, he was talking about a protected class. If If this were any other situation, would this same kind of action happen and be warranted, I guess, would be uh, a, a fair question. And speaking of which, I, I mean, again, moving on from that, why, why would you do these these crazy things online? Why would you do that? Well, I think it goes to a larger problem. We have a degradation of the overall morale in society. I think that's what the, the larger underlying issue is here. Or I don't even say, I don't even want to say it's an underlying issue. At this point, I think it's a 900 pound gorilla in the room that nobody wants to address. Case in point, something that is not political in this sense, just to keep with the topic of the online uh, lunacy, how it spills over into the real world. Bruce, did you hear about the Twitch influencer that was going to give away PlayStation 5s and Amazon gift cards in New York? You mentioned New York. I'm not familiar with this. However, uh, because you said New York, my first uh, assumption would be these were some of the uh, stolen merchandise that they're giving out. It could be, but I don't know. I doubt very seriously, because if you're one of these big online influencers, they seem to have all kinds of money and sponsorships just about everywhere you turn. So that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. They basically just put out this ad to all the followers on the channel. They said, hey, show up here. I believe it's in Union Square uh, in New York and said, we're going to be giving out PlayStation 5s. We're going to be giving out uh, Amazon gift cards and, and other gift cards and, and things like that. Well, anyway, it was just going to be a, a big like console and, and other stuff giveaway, whatever. This is what it turned into. And for the benefit of the listener, Bruce, I will let you describe what you see on on screen here. This is what it turned into. Um, yeah, it looks like it's uh, what the hell is a. Uh... You got some people hanging on a car, laying on top of it. These are thousands. Uh, this of, looks like a, these are thousands of people in Union Square. Yeah, yeah. This the whole thing like just a, um, it went crazy. Uh, I was gonna say it looks like a maybe a. They're not destroying stuff that we can see. 
but oh, they were destroyed. It there looks there like were it's a riot. Yeah, there were. I want to say there there were on scene at the time. There were over a hundred police officers, and I think they had about that that were actually injured too, from some of the reports that I saw. Officers, not people. Also, it, uh, from now this is like helicopter footage or drone footage, and it looks like uh, uh, a certain group of people, which we're not allowed to name. No, I mean, we are, but society is not allowed to point out that it's this group because they're a protected group. Well, this is, again, every single time it turns into this. You notice this every single time it, it always turns into this this just out of control mob and property gets destroyed. People get hurt and or killed. Think of the George Floyd riots. And every time it, it just turns into this this mob rule. And nothing's done about it. Nothing's even addressed. Nothing is is said publicly by any of the uh, so-called elected officials to their constituents about this type of behavior and this type of nonsense. Forget what the underlying pretext of the meetup was in the first place. Forget that. This is online activity that's spilling over into reality is what's happening. Also, uh, a few seconds ago, there was uh, before they started beating each other with uh, bats or sticks or whatever the hell that was, pipes. Did you notice that it was there was a mother there with like their three year old in uh, safety gear or like I, I did uh, one of the, that, yeah. the, you know, vests? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are we so hard up that we can't afford a PlayStation 5? Hell, I think everybody's got PlayStations these days. Uh, I mean, uh, well, you, you come to this part of the country. Yes, it is. We're, we are that hard up in this part of the country that um, we can't afford a PlayStation 5. But anyway, well, that's that. So, yeah, I, I honestly, again, I, I think it's just a you know, we, we've got an underlying problem in society that we refuse to address. That's what all this comes down to is is this. We we have so many issues that we're not addressing the root causes of. Why would you choose to live there at this point? And uh, like New York or San Francisco or L.A. or, you know, some of these big cities that are Chicago. God, you guys have so many shootings every weekend. The streets of Chicago on any given Friday or Saturday night don't look any different than that. Well, that's they, that that's true. I mean, the the amount of people that we read about that have been uh, shot that we know of on any given weekend is ridiculous. Um, it should not be that way. But that shows no. that there's an underlying problem in society that we're not addressing. Keeping with the online aspect of things and how it spills over into the real world, you've seen these videos of these people that are just, well, these are, I, I shouldn't say people, these criminals, these thieves that go in and they ransack these luxury stores, mostly in California and New York is where this happens. But you've seen where they walk out. I saw another one today. There was a Gucci store in um, in California, I think it was in, in LA or is in Malibu or something. And they were walking out, or excuse me, they were running out with luggage, handbags, clothes, anything they could get their hands on that wasn't nailed down. And the security people, they can't do anything. They can do nothing. In fact, I saw a video not too long ago of two women employees at a, uh, it was like a clothing store, something like an athletic clothing store. And they stopped these people from stealing thousands of dollars, as in walking out with thousands of dollars of merchandise. They were fired within three hours. Everything's inverted. Everything's been turned around. And at the same time, these businesses are leaving those locations, those uh, parts of the country. And uh, you wonder why this continues to happen when you're not allowing security to uh, apprehend these individuals to stop this. That That's kind of a problem. It just just a little bit. OK, so let's take the security aspect out of it. Let's look at the actual shop owners. This was an incident that took place a couple of days ago where a man is in the store 
He walks behind the counter where you're not allowed to go with a garbage can and is emptying the shelves into the garbage can, as in stealing everything he can possibly steal. And the store owners actually take matters into their own hands. This is what happened. Hey, why are you getting every day? Sit your ass. Why are you getting every day? I'll pull my strap on your bitch ass. Why are you getting every day? Okay, so for the benefit of everybody, the mainstream media that covered this story, they conveniently left that part of the video out, where he threatens to kill them, where he threatens to pull his strap out, which is his gun, and shoot the people that own the store. Why are you and let me get a switch it out. Can I get a strip? Hey, hey, can I get a can I get a switch? Let me get a switch. Oh, back up. Back up. I'm home, home, home. Now put put a gun on this one. I just let him go. It's, 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 it's nothing you can do. But it's nothing you can do. It's like they're not gonna do nothing. You just have to just claim you have insurance. Oh, you just have, have to let him do it. What? Yeah, but you got to let him steal everything. No, this is, it, it hurts you. God damn. Ain't nothing you can do, though. Ain't nothing you can do, man. Tell you call police. Ain't nothing you can do, man. Tell police come on. Hey, hey, now he tries to leave. Hey, ain't nothing you can do, man. Don't do that. Don't do that, man. Don't do that. That's got to hurt. So uh, the store owner is um, is uh, he's taking him to the woodshed. Uh, essentially, is is what he's doing. He's hitting him repeatedly uh, with a stick. That's called whooping your ass. That's called whooping your ass. And you know what? The store owners, the people that actually stop that, that are trying to stop the theft, the merchandise that they have paid for, they are now charged with assault. Uh, now, what was the first story we covered? Um, law enforcement kicking in a door of a Utah man for digital words, and they shot him dead for digital words. And now this is an actual threat. He, he, he threat. He pulled out a weapon, threatened to use it on them, well, and they on. beat the he dude with a stick. To be clear, he didn't pull out a weapon. He just said that he had one. And he actually... No, he, he pulled something oh, he? from his pocket. He did pulled he? Okay, something okay. from his pocket. It, it didn't look like it was a like a, a firearm or anything. It looked like could have been a phone, could have been a knife. We couldn't really tell. The video quality wasn't great. That's true. But still, the store owners... And they, it, it doesn't really matter, but these are, these are two Sikhs. Isn't that supposedly a protected group, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, well, until they is, go after people of the yes, um, elite's yeah. military. Yes, of uh, course. But, you know. Mm. So we're we're now going to charge two store owners for protecting their merchandise. This is insane. We've lost our minds. We've completely lost our minds. We've lost we've lost all sense of of stability. We've lost all common sense at this point. You got anything to say on the store owners there before we move on? 
I, I want to applaud them for trying to protect themselves and their merchandise. Um, that is, to, to be honest, the guy got it pretty light. I mean, if you would have done that around here, you probably would have been, you probably would have taken a 12 gauge, um, more than likely. Uh, being beaten with a wooden stick is probably the lesser of what would happen. So yeah, that guy, he walked away with some bruises, at maybe fractured uh, fractures uh, in the legs, maybe. I don't know how strong the guy is that was beating him with a stick. I don't know how strong the stick was. If it was a hard wood or a soft wood. I mean, there's a lot was, of details. He was wailing on him with that. It looked like it, it looked like a uh, a handle of a shovel is what it looked like. That's fair. It did look like, or maybe even a broom handle. Uh, you know, Could something that, something too, on yeah. those lines. Um, yeah, for sure. So uh, I, I think that was a warranted um, beating if you will. They weren't beating him in the face or the head or anything, or even the torso is in the legs and in the buttocks. So I, I honestly, I think that was, uh, like I said, uh, the guy can't sit down uh, well for a week. Uh, you were Don't trying steal. to steal their merchandise. Don't steal. For, for hundreds of dollars, <laughs> if not thousands, because, you know, uh, that, that stuff is expensive nowadays. Well, he was stealing, to be fair, he was stealing tobacco products, right? Cigarettes. And he was just, it, he filled the, you could see when, when the can almost got tipped over, he filled that thing almost to the top. Yeah. And if you, and if I, you're uh, doing that in New York, you're talking, if that, if that is indeed New York, I don't know where that was, but if that was New York, what are tobacco products in New York now? Is it $20 for one pack or something? Uh, let's see here. Cigarette prices by state. What do we got? Uh, New York, New York, New York, New York for a pack of average retail is 1045. 1045. Okay, there you go. So it would be safe to say that there was thousands of dollars worth of merchandise that that business would have had to pay for. God, it's a $4, almost $5 cigarette uh, excise tax. Yeah, the, the state legislature up there, they've got these big salaries they need to pay because they're working for you. Almost $5 for all the taxes. That's ridiculous. That's right. Well, speaking of getting your money's worth, uh, Bruce, articles have been introduced in the House today by the House Oversight Committee and Accountability Office on the Biden family. They have received $20 million in payments from foreign sources. Uh, that includes these three nations. Of course, you exclude the Chinese because there's actually another report out today showing that Hunter Biden took about uh, that amount of money from Chinese firms. But specifically, what the House Oversight Committee and Accountability Office came out with today was $20 million, were or $20 million in payments were made to the Biden family and their associates from Russia, Kazakhstan, and Ukraine. Not to mention the, the funding that they got from the uh, construction deals uh, in the Middle East uh, that they um, just so happened to work out when we were doing reconstruction. Uh, but here's the thing. I don't think anything's going to happen. I don't think there's going to be any kind of litigation. I don't, you know, this this whole nonsense that they're going after Trump for, um, I don't think there'll be anything that um, uh, happens to the Biden family, let alone impeachment. I don't think the House has the stones to impeach uh, for something that is legitimately impeachable. This is something that should be high crimes. Uh, hello. This is self-enrichment. They're they're um, endangering us and our um, security because this is some of these things are national security risks. Some of the stuff that they've sold off is dual uh, dual use. Um, so, yeah, uh, we, we, we should be impeaching them. Um, but nope, I don't think it's going to happen. Do you know why we can't impeach them or try them or arrest them for treason? There's a simple reason for that, because treason is no longer part of our vocabulary. And the reason it's no longer part of our vocabulary is because we have no enemies. 
at least not officially, not publicly, we have no enemies. Remember, the Soviet Union collapsed. Before that, our enemies used to be communism and the Soviet Union. Does anybody remember? But see, they're not there anymore, so we don't have that enemy. Now they're a partner, just like China. Since the Sino-Soviet split, which was fake, I might add, if anyone wants to do any looking into it, the whole reason for that was they needed to tap into Western capital. That goes to part of our research that we've been doing here. They needed a way to access our capital markets and our technology because they have no ability to generate such things. So they needed to steal it from us. They needed to build themselves up using Western capital. And they got our people that were stupid enough to go over there and jump in bed with them and build them up. So therefore, China as stated in the congressional record, Bruce, you heard it over the weekend, it's a strategic partner. It's not an adversary. Of course it's an adversary. This is why we don't have these terms. This is why arrests don't happen, because you can't charge them for anything, because they're working with our strategic partners. They're not selling us out. They're not traitors to our nation. By the way, I would just like to remind anybody that treason, the real definition of treason, is selling your nation and your people out knowingly for profit, for money, to your adversary. That goes not just for the people in government, like the Bidens and company. When I say and company, that goes all the way back to the Clintons and, and past that. When you do that as a business, you are just as guilty, do you understand? If you commit treason, if you sell your country out for money, if you sell your people out for money, and you commit treason. And let's say that you're not the person that is committing the treason. Let's say that somebody else is committing it, but you know about it. You're in that business and you know your company's doing that, engaging in those business practices, or you're in government and you know people that are your superiors are damn well aware of it and maybe even take part in these envoys to go over to these nations and do business with them for that purpose, because they may have investments in that company. Who knows? If you, as the person that's not directly involved in it, know about it and know the people that are involved in it and you say nothing, you are a felon as well. That is a felony in the United States of America. Treason is a felony. Knowing somebody that commits treason and you not saying it is a felony. That's just a friendly reminder to everybody that continues to believe that these other nations are our strategic partners and not our adversaries. And if we don't continue to holding our politicians accountable, uh, this will become the norm. Technically, it already is the norm. A lot of politicians already do this anyway. Uh, but because we're not holding them uh, accountable, uh, we're not impeaching them when, it when it's required. We're not going after them for treasonous acts. Um, this will continue. It'll get worse. And um, honestly, is there really, is there a court that will actually try this? Or is this pretty much just... Um, going to continue being the norm. Uh, no, that's, that's I, I think it'll be question. the norm. No, I, to answer your question, I think it'll be the norm because we're literally seeing this being portrayed out in the open. And you know what? At the end of the day, when it comes to the Bidens, I don't care. I, I do not care. When it comes to Donald Trump, I do not care. Everybody's wrapped up in this Trump trial. And I just it it just makes me sick. Not the fact that it's going on. It's the fact that so many people are paying attention to it. Really? This is where we are. This is what we're doing. We're discussing the inner workings of a case that is completely bogus, and we're taking it seriously? The mere fact that it's being put on to begin with is a joke in and of itself. Anybody that's part of the Trump team that actually entertains the idea of showing up at court for this, this nonsense 
Why would you even bother to show up to their illegitimate systems at this point? Why would you do this? Cause a standoff. Let them cross the line as they've already crossed. I'm sorry. That's what you do. That's the only way to deal with this. That's the only way to to actually fight this problem. Because if you go into the system like this, the deck is stacked against you. It doesn't matter. We have all of this documentation from here. And I mean, if you just take the laptop, just the laptop, my God, what did we say? We got through like 75 pages of that. And that is treason doesn't even begin to describe that, does not even begin to, to get the ball rolling. There is not a word that has been invented that describes the monstrosities of the selling out of our people that are on that laptop with the Biden family, just the Biden family. That's not to say anything about the the Bushes and the Clintons and the Obamas and everything else. And that's just to name a few that we know of. But just that and nothing gets done. And we're charging Trump for what? Having some pizza boxes or or something? (laughs) Whatever he had, some magazines in in a box. This is what we're doing. We're entertaining this. Also, those classified um, documents that were actually golf course plans. Uh, yeah, th- those as well. Mm. Golf course plans. I mean, I can understand yeah, yeah. if you're going to build a state-of-the-art golf course, you don't want anybody else. You don't want your competitors knowing about that. He said there was an instance where he used the, the classified documents as bravado, and it was actually golf course uh, blueprints. That's actually kind of funny if you think about it. Apart from the $20 million, the Ukrainian gas company, Burisma. Bruce, you remember that? You remember that that gas company that... Uh, yeah. Yeah. I hear talk of that. In fact, uh, the, the Burisma, the oligarch said that uh, like in a text message or email that Hunter Biden is a buffoon. A buffoon, you say? He can't be a buffoon. He must have been talking about a different Hunter Biden because the buffoon that he referred to, I, I don't see how that that gentleman could be a buffoon. You see, President Biden said that his son Hunter is the smartest businessman he's ever known. So smart, in fact, that um, they actually they had a business partner named Devin Archer that Tucker just did an interview with him. I didn't really get to see all of it, but I saw some some excerpts of it. His picture, Archer's picture and Joe Biden's picture until just a few days ago were still up on the Burisma Gas Company's website. Why would it be there? That's a good question. Why would it be there? Couldn't happen to be that all the stuff that we're talking about is uh, legitimate and true, and they are guilty of treason. Um, but no, no, this is all this is all a lie, according to the White House. This is all just uh, been debunked and uh, not true. Been debunked and not true. Uh, according to an email that was sent from, uh, according to um, Biden's counsel, Demetra Lambros told Eric Sh- uh, Schwerin, don't know, who was a business associate of Hunter Biden's at the firm Rosemont Seneca Partners. Uh, <laughs> there was a um, there was an email that was sent where he says, uh, "Hey guys, uh, there's apparently a photo of Devin and." of uh, then Vice President Joe Biden on Burisma's website. I can't see it. The website isn't working very well right now. But uh, Demetra, who was the uh, the, the counsel, uh, called to ask that we tell Burisma they need to take it down. Legally, they, they just aren't comfortable uh, with Joe Biden's picture being up on the site for what seems like it's, well, it's almost an endorsement. You see, we can't have that. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder why that's a problem. Mm. Of course, the image has been taken down and it has been scrubbed from the Internet. You can no longer find it, not even on the Wayback Machine. It's not there anymore. So they've deleted the archive of it as well. Surprised the company would allow that, but all right. Apparently, they did it just to as like a garnering. They they put it out there because it's in a foreign country. No one's going to go look at it. 
except for the people that are investing from other parts. So like the, the American and Western people aren't going to look at it. So there's no point. That's fair, actually. Uh, only people like us would really look at that. That is and true. We're few and far between. That is true. So speaking of bad investments, right? Um, well, you see that auto company that uh, that the Biden's uh, the Biden administration had touted, and how much money did we throw into that? How many billions of dollars did we throw into that? A lot of money. Yeah. Put a it, lot of it money. It was a in lot. There. Yeah. Well, it's gone bust, hasn't it? Yeah, they filed Chapter Eleven. Yeah. So the uh, United Auto Workers president, uh, Sean Fain, is uh, he's criticized the Biden administration and specifically Joe Biden himself uh, for pushing electric vehicles goals that the United Auto Workers believes don't result in great enough compensation for workers, great enough compensation for workers. How about the fact that they don't work and people don't want them? Does anybody think of that? Are we supposed to live in like a consumer society? Aren't we supposed to aren't we supposed to say, hey, the customer's always right? You know, because that's the world we've created for ourselves, right? Everybody believes that the, at the end of the day, the customer is always right. Well, when the customer says, hey, your product sucks, we don't listen anymore. No, we don't listen anymore. And the reason we don't listen anymore is because since 2008, well, it, it was before that, but they've really put their foot to the floor since 2008. Since 2008, the government has been the biggest investor into business. And so therefore, they are the customer. You are no longer the customer. You don't support that business as much as you need to in order to have a say any longer. So customer satisfaction, it seems these days, doesn't really matter. Why are we allowing government to get involved in businesses again? Uh, the government demanding that you buy a product or service um, that's unconstitutional and should be made illegal. And every politician that voted for that uh, should be investigated um, uh, because they it looks like they're doing insider trading. Oh, but wait, that's legal now. So, oh, never mind. No, 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 no problem there. When I saw what General Motors was going to do with these new uh, Hummers, the, the new electric Hummers that are set to come out, have you seen these things? Have you seen these electric Hummers? I think I've seen them before. I just haven't looked into them because I'm not really interested in okay. an electric car. Yeah, well, I don't think anybody should be. I mean, I, I have one and it's, it, believe me, it's, it's a glorified golf cart with air conditioning. That's all this. But the new Hummer that's due to be, is it out yet? I don't think it's out yet. I think it's still in, in production or maybe, I God only knows, why don't they just cancel the damn thing by now? But while you're looking that up, let me explain exactly how this new Hummer works. In order for you to be able to drive this, this new SUV effectively, okay, so you want to get somewhere, and forgive me outside of the U.S. listeners for what I'm about to say, because we're going to calculate this in miles. Bruce, when you drive a car or a truck, you want to get on a full tank of fuel, whether it's gasoline or diesel, you want to get at least 300 to 350 miles out of a full tank. Is that about right on average? Yeah, at least. Yeah, at least. OK, mm -hmm. well, one of these new Hummers that are coming out and mind you, this is not just this. These electric pickup trucks have the same standards to them. So whether it's that because they're using the same battery packs, whether it is that, whether it's the new Hummer or if it's one of the new F-150s or if it's one of the new Chevy uh, electric, whatever that thing is, I, I don't even know what they call it, but one of these e-trucks or, or whatever it's called, the most you're going to get on a full charge is 175 miles. That's the best you're going to be able to do on a full charge in a pickup truck, in an electric pickup truck. Now, that number decreases significantly when you start putting things into it that add weight, such as a bed in the back of a pickup truck. 
I don't know a single farmer or rancher that doesn't utilize the bed of their pickup truck when they're out doing work. 175 miles. Okay. Let's say that you add a tow package to one of these vehicles, whether it's the Hummer or the F-150 or any of the rest of these things. Let's say you add the tow package and you tow the rated capacity for it, which is 3,200 pounds. If you tow to capacity, so you have a 3,200 pound tow on the back of it at a full charge, instead of 175 miles, now you get 50 before that battery is dead. Now, let's say, okay, well, I'm uh, look, my battery's dead. I'm just in a. I'm just going to pull into one of these charging stations, and and we're going to charge that thing up. You're going to be waiting a little while because they tell you, you know what? You just pull into one of those places, and well, you're going to be there for about thirty or forty-five minutes. Not with one of these things. You're going to be there for just a little bit longer. So when one of these vehicles goes dead, and I mean flat dead, Bruce, do you want to take a guess how long it takes to charge it back up to full from flat dead? Um, I'm going to say two hours, six days. Hmm. Uh. Is that using, uh, that has to be using normal, just like wall outlet. That yes. can't be the I, fast charger. Yeah, that's not, that's not the fast charger. I'm not counting okay. that. I'm just okay. saying I'm putting this in context for somebody that is a farmer or a rancher because that's who buys a majority of pickup trucks are those individuals. They buy the pickup trucks, mostly. Well, yeah, uh, contractors. Contractors, you know, yeah, I mean, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you buy a pickup truck because you want to haul stuff, right? That's what you want to put a load of gravel in the back. You want to haul some bricks, some dirt, whatever. You know, you want to throw your um, whatever you got in there that you're going to take over to your buddy's house or, or whatever, cord of wood in the back there, whatever you want. I don't know too many farmers or ranchers or, of course, down where you're at, you got oil, uh, oil workers, things like I don't know too many of these guys that are going to go jumping for one of these things. Do you? Uh, I don't know one uh, that would go out and get one of these. They all think this uh, EV push is nonsense and will be the death of us. And they're not wrong, because where are you going to put all these lithium batteries you can't recycle. Where are those going to go? You have to replace these things. Is it five to eight years? You need a new cell replacement? Five to eight years? Yeah. Um, I think it's five years. Yeah, you need a new replacement. If it follows trends with uh, batteries for like smartphones and whatnot, by the first year, uh, it's going to reduce capacity by um, about 15 to 20%. And it continues that trend. Uh, so every year you have an EV, it's going to get less and less distance out of it. And I was actually reading an article that uh, it, this goes for just about any EV. Any, it doesn't matter if it's if it's a, a small one or if it's one of these these big trucks like this. By the time you get into the emissions saving portion of it, to where you're actually back up to where you're creating less emissions you're in the 100,000 mile range, somewhere along those lines. And by that time, that, that battery is going to have to be replaced. You're going to have to change all that stuff out. And then you're right back to where you started. So what are we actually doing? How is this progress? The answer is simple. This is not progress. So we had some strong windstorms across Europe the last few days because it's global boiling, you see. You know, that, that global boiling's going on. Bruce, did you know the, the era of global warming's over? The age of global boiling is here. Did you know that? Yeah, I did. Uh, I did hear about that. Of course, there there uh, before that was uh, that was like 2100 is what they were saying. Like the global boiling was going to happen. Yeah, global um, boiling. Yeah. Well, they're having yeah. snowstorms uh, across Europe right now. Uh, I've had to wear a coat mm -hmm. again this week, uh, a couple of days because it was it was so cold. Yeah, I actually seen some photographs of uh, uh, a friend uh, from uh, the well, uh, Europe, uh, northern part of Europe, and uh, they were in a coat and a beanie. And I'm like, 
uh, we're over here sweating our balls off. Uh, excuse the phrase, but uh, that's what they say around here. But a coat is something you're not even thinking about for another like five months from now. Uh-huh. And so it's been a little chilly. Well, there was a windstorm that came through the other day and they had some gale force winds for a couple of days blowing across Europe. And you see, Bruce, they got these things with these three little propellers on them. Uh, they're supposed to collect the air that blows through them. I think they call them, is it windmills? They call them windmills that they collect these things and they, they generate or they're supposed to generate electricity and, and that stuff to yeah. kind of offset. Yeah, that, that thing. Mm -hmm. Well, you see, um, this was the scene uh, across a few of these wind farms uh, in Germany just over the weekend. You see there, uh, well, well, the the wind has actually just blown them over. And there, well, there's no fixing that, is there? No, it's going to take a little bit more than uh, a, a, some uh, Gorilla Glue and duct tape to fix that. We have freezing temperatures. We don't have global boiling. So the solar panels are more or less going to be diminished capacity. We'll just say that because they're not completely useless, but diminished capacity. Then you have these things that are completely useless. You can't you can't recycle them. They're falling over when the wind hits them, when, when a strong wind hits them, that they're actually supposed to catch. And then they're supposed to harness that into electricity. Then you have these electric cars, which, again, you cannot recycle and you're not saving anything on them. And you're actually creating a larger environmental impact by using them, by buying them, by continuing to. I didn't have a choice. Don't want to be accused of being a hypocrite, but I didn't have a choice. Again, we're on this track because of why? Why? Why is this? You will own nothing and be happy about it. That's the only thing that I can surmise. We're going to own nothing and we're going to be happy about it because all of this stuff, as I said years ago, none of this is meant to work. It's meant to be a forced investment to cause you to give up and cause you to quit. That's what it's meant to do. Bruce, you look confused. No, sorry. I, I heard a bang outside or a oh. thud and I look out the window and it was delivery. So... Uh, oh, we, was that I probably the, have a package at the front? I was going to say, was that the FedEx the man down. just like heaving it to the yeah. the front door there? Is yeah. that because that's what they do over yeah. there? Yeah. Um, well, uh, probably more information than the listener wants to know. We we get better deals doing because we have cats um, doing like uh, ordering online for like litter and cat food and whatnot. The last time we had a shipment of um, cat litter, the uh, delivery guy threw it at the doorstep and it had broken the seam on the container. Oh. So there was cat litter all over the front uh, porch. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, dear. So, thank you, delivery guy. I would say so. Yeah. Bruce, you know, this uh, this energy secretary that we have in the U.S., you know, that this woman, this one right here. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Jennifer mm -hmm. uh, Granholm or whatever her name is. Well, mm -hmm. you see, we've been releasing those strategic petroleum reserves because you see, you're going to you're going to have an electric car. So you don't have to worry about you don't need to worry about gasoline or petrol, as, as the uh, the UK and the Aussies say. You, you don't have to worry about petrol. You don't have to worry about gasoline, diesel, any of that stuff, you're, because you're not going to need that when you have an electric car. Well, there was a little bit of a problem with this uh, strategic petroleum reserve release. Do you remember how we had that down to, I think, I think we're at the lowest level since, uh, is it ever now or is it since the, the early um, 80s? Yeah, to both. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, do you know where some of that went? Well, actually, I shouldn't say some of it. Do you know where a goodly percentage of it went? Not to the American people. No, no, it certainly didn't go to the American people. It went to China. I know that's a shocker. That is a shocker. And well, they just happened to have according to their official releases, which you don't know if it's true or not, China has about 18 months worth of oil stocked up for military use in case they get cut off from the rest of the world. 
just so happens. And a lot of that came from guess who? Yeah, it came from us. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because you see, yeah. they're, they're our strategic partner, you see. So we want to help them out, of course, right? We, we want to help them out in any way we can. This energy secretary of ours that works for the Biden administration, Miss um, Granholm here, this might come as a shocker, but she secretly consulted with a top Chinese Communist Party energy official before the release of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Would you have guessed that? You know, I never would have guessed... I never, I mean, our politicians, uh, specifically the president, uh, being accused of doing this as vice president, I would never have put it to that the administration is doing the exact same thing as the head of their their uh, department or administration. I never would have, I no. never would have thought that. No, that, that no. Of course not. No. Uh, her previous undisclosed talks with China National, the China National Energy Administration chairman, Zing Jianhua, that's sorry, that's the best I can do, uh, revealed in have been revealed in an internal energy department calendar obtained by the Americans for Public Trust or APT, which was a uh, they did a FOIA request on it. And it reveals that the Biden administration likely discussed its plans to release oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to China before the public announcement. According to the calendars, Granholm spoke in a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Jianhua, who is a long-standing senior member of the Chinese Communist Party. On November 19th, 2021, and two days later on November 21st, 2021, then on November 23rd, 2021, the White House announced a release of 50 million barrels of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, the largest release of its kind in U.S. history. Secretary Granholm's multiple closed-door meetings with the Chinese Communist Party-connected energy official raised serious questions about the level of Chinese influence on the Biden administration's energy agenda. That's according to the American Public Trust Executive Director, Caitlin Sutherland. You think you think it, it calls into question the connection with our, uh, dare I say, our strategic partners? Yeah, uh, I would just warrant and say um, you should be careful accusing the Biden administration of such things because you might have the FBI uh, disappear you. That's true. Again, when I say our strategic partners, I'm being very sarcastic, if anyone yes. wasn't picking up on that, because China is and always will be an adversary of the U.S. At least until uh, the people are truly free and uh, there's real reform there, which that's yet to be seen. And that's not going to happen at any time in the near future, in my opinion. Um, also, I want to point out that not only is our uh, strategic oil reserve going over there, uh, but a lot of the coal mined on the East Coast is going to China and not actually being used here on the home front uh, for power or whatever. That is true. Uh, I remember a few years ago that uh, China had, I want to say it was about a billion or maybe it was, maybe it was, it was between one and four billion. I can't remember the exact because I'm just thinking off the top of my head. I can't remember the exact number, but I believe it was anywhere between one or maybe it was 1.4 billion or something, whatever it was, it was over a billion dollars worth of investment in the state of West Virginia. Well, the state of West Virginia is a very, very coal-rich state, actually one of the largest coal-rich states, as it has been for over a century in the U.S. Uh, that's no secret. And the Chinese are investing that much in it. If I remember correctly, then that was more money that was being invested from China than was in the entirety of the West Virginia state budget. Yeah. Also, I would point out that um, the people of West Virginia, the miners, have you ever seen what the miners there lifestyle is like. They're just as impoverished or even more impoverished than uh, the region I live in. 
we're talking like the average household where we're talking family. Okay. Income is like $23,000. That's pretty close to what it is around here. Um, it's, it's pretty low. And you look at the state of now over there, uh, they have a higher cost of living, uh, than here, uh, comparatively. So you look at the homes that they have over there, they're, they're pretty rough. They're, they're, they, they look rough and they're very old homes compared to here. Whereas here, you can buy a newer home, newer, I say newer, on that salary. I mean, Grant, you're going to take a mortgage, uh, but you can you, you can make it work. It's it's not easy, but it's doable. You know, one of the things that concerns me, and we can kind of touch on this a little bit, one of the things that concerns me, when I see China or uh, any of these other nations, you know, Russia or any country like that, when I see one of these countries come in, especially China, China is very famous for doing this. They've done this in, in Africa, and they're doing this all throughout Latin America. When they invest <clears throat> invest in a country, they're doing it of their own aspirations, if you will. They're not doing it to benefit the native population of a country or a state. What they will do is they will come in and they will build certain things when it comes to infrastructure. For example, in Africa, they'll go in and they'll build roads or they'll in Latin America, they'll, they'll build roads, but they'll turn them into toll roads and they'll make the toll so high that you can't drive on them and only they can drive on them. They will not employ any of the labor force that's the native population. This is not outside investment from the Chinese Communist Party that's going into the state of West Virginia that's going to benefit the people of West Virginia or the state of West Virginia. Their mission is one thing and one thing only. That is extraction. That's what their intentions are. They want whatever is in that state and it's coal. And they are willing to do whatever they need to do in order to get that. So they will buy off whoever they need to buy off. They will supply their own labor and they will take what they want and they will keep everybody else out. That's how this gets done. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's uh, you, you, you mentioned that this was actually happening in Mexico. Uh, and we've kind of mentioned the uh, highways that they built there that conveniently go to our border, uh, might I add. They're they're building those and and putting toll toll roads toll booths and charging more than what um, the average person there can afford. And to this point, I actually I heard something about this last week, and I I talked to you about it privately. There's a thing that is going on between the native Indian tribes in your state in Oklahoma. They have partnered with the United Nations and the Chinese outside of what your governor has been doing. So your governor has been doing what he can, be it the, with the state, the partnership of the state legislature or executive order, and he has been throwing this ESG and everything else out, right? He's been, he's been throwing all that stuff out. Yes. Well, the native Indian tribes I learned in your state, which have a lot of land in that state, if I'm not mistaken. About 80% of the state is a uh, reservation. Oh, that's okay. That's That's more than I thought. But Nonetheless, they have now run to the United Nations and cried foul because your governor is trying to stop what the native Indian tribes have done, which is they've gone into business with the Chinese to grow marijuana fields in the state of Oklahoma on the Indian reservations. But again, they're being supplied with Chinese labor. First of all, we can talk about the marijuana thing. I mean, I don't I don't agree with it. I, but when it comes to medicinal purposes, you find me in, in a quandary there because I understand it's got medicinal purposes. But we all know that they just want to smoke it to get high. 
So that kind of negates the whole argument. But nonetheless, they've done a deal with the Chinese. The Chinese are growing marijuana all throughout your state on these reservations. They're being supplied with Chinese labor. So it's not even benefiting the Indian tribes. They're just being bought off, more or less. They're just bribing them. And so now your governor's tried to step in because the Indian tribes are more or less, they're autonomous. I, I don't know if a of a different term to use, but they kind of have their yeah. own like tribal councils and everything else. So they everything that happens on an Indian reservation is handled in-house yeah. unless they need help with something from the outside expertise, forensics, investigations, whatever. Then they'll send somebody in. But everything's done in-house. And now you've got this mess that's been created. And I'd like to get your thoughts on it. So just to clarify on the uh, they need aid, anything outside of a speed trap, they need aid with because they just don't have the manpower to do just about anything when it comes to law enforcement, as an example. Uh, so uh, a lot of law enforcement is state. Uh, now, that said, um, Native Americans, uh, you, you're, you're going to hate that I, I have this opinion, but uh, I'm I'm allowed to have this opinion because I'm also Native American. <laughs> uh Anyway, race card. Um, so you lost. Um, you were conquered. Your land is American. Um, I, I think the whole deal of uh, you get reservations and whatnot. No, it should have been. We'll give you plots of land that you own and you're free to do what you want under our law. That's what it should have been. This whole nation within a nation nonsense that we're allowing. And uh, no, that that should have been done away with 100 years ago, in my opinion. It should have never been a thing. Um, I know uh, you got done dirty uh, by previous presidents. Um, they went against their word and there was some uh, massacres and that I don't think should have happened. And uh, those people should have been held accountable. However, it still stands that you guys lost your, your land is no longer yours. It is now ours. You follow our laws. You follow our constitution. Uh, it is currently illegal uh, in the state of Oklahoma to um, grow marijuana without the proper uh, licensing. Uh, and that's only granted for medicinal use. So, yeah. Um, I also want to point out that uh, I agree with you. There is a lot of good that can come from using it as medicinal, like as an example, uh, pain. Uh, it does good at, at uh, masking pain. Um, past appetite. that, though, you want to start uh, appetite. Yeah, appetite. That's, a, that's, that's another one, especially if you're on like chemo or something like that. Um, that's that's great. Um, however, uh, when you start going into like mental health and you're getting it because, oh, you have anxiety or something like that. Uh, -uh. no, you don't get it. Sorry. Um, it, th this is for things that are legitimately a problem. Now, there's some cases of like uh, brain chemistry problems uh, and you have literal chemical imbalances. If marijuana was one of those that actually helped with that. I would be okay with that because that is a lesser um, um, that is a lesser drug than some of these uh, like antidepressants and those kind of drugs. Those are more mind altering than marijuana, in my opinion. So I, I if that were the case, okay. Uh, but uh, as it stands, I, I guess more or less, uh, it's better to say I'm just anti drug in general, whether it's pharmaceutical or it's um, uh, you know hard drugs. I'm kind of against all of it um, right now because I can't really trust anyone when it comes to the medical world. But anyway, going back to the subject at hand, I honestly think the uh, I don't know how you would do this at this point, uh, but the, the, the lands that are reservation and whatnot, it should be transitioned to 
you have the deed, you own it, it is yours, but it is not yours to run with your own government. Um, I think that should be done away with and abolished. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know how that would peacefully be done uh, now uh, after the, that whole, you know, deal was struck, especially uh, with the uh, social justice warriors and everything going on. Uh, but that said, I'm not against using National Guard if required to uh, enact it. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm dead serious. This is, uh, this should be American land. This should be land, Oklahoma land or, or, you know, citizens of Oklahoma's land, not, um, a nation within a nation. You can, you can have your culture, you can have your, you know, ancestry, all of that kind of stuff, but to be an autonomous living outside of our laws and regulations, uh, entity, no, that doesn't go, uh, in my opinion. And you're going to have to kick the Chinese out as in, yes. You're out. You're not going back to your office to collect your belongings. You're getting on that bus and you're getting ferried off to the airport where there's going to be a plane on the tarmac smoking, ready to take you back to Beijing. Yes. Uh, in fact, uh, you know how much I detest uh, eminent domain and that um, God, that horrible ilk. However, in this situation, these are literally enemies of the nation. They are literally trying to destroy us. It, it, eminent domain. If your uh, company or your business, your land, uh, whatever, is tied to China, the communist China, I don't even care. Look, even even I know this is going to sound bad, but you, you have to have uh, ground rules. Even if you're like uh, uh, someone that lives here and you're sending all your money back to China, you should be at least investigated to find out where that money is going uh, because they could use that as a, like a shell company, if you will, and just masking it as, well, I'm sending it to my family. And a family is like, yeah, no, that account is actually run by the CCP. No, uh, it should all be investigated. And if you're found to be sending money over to the CCP, see you later. And that includes their businesses. Which you know that's where it's all going. It's all going back to China anyway. They're not spending it domestically. Yeah. That, that's no. another thing that I actually even, forgot to mention. Even if they is, were. Yeah, even if they were. But that's another thing I forgot to mention. When China goes into these these other countries and they supply the labor, they'll actually build because of the uh, dual use, as you used the term earlier, because of the dual use or dual purpose or whatever, they'll build a military base. They'll build a People's Liberation Army base there. And they'll have everything trucked in or shipped in from China. They won't spend money in the local economy. They won't talk to the locals in any of these countries, ours included. They'll have all their food, all their drink and everything brought in from China. Yeah, that's 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 uh, uh that's a problem. Not just because they're not spending money d domestically, but that what they're doing, they're they're basically milking the country for all of its resources and uh money is a resource. You got anything else? Uh, was there anything else? Let me, let me look through my list here. I pulled up a bunch of, uh, just, uh, you know, if you have young kids, you're, you're looking to have kids, be aware. The FDA just approved a new RSV vaccine. Uh, the vaccine is more deadly than a placebo, uh, which is the bar. Uh, that's the standard. If you're below a placebo, then it's uh, considered safe for consumption. Uh, yeah, this was given basically warp speed authorization uh, and there's three different variants of this RSV vaccine. So, uh, be aware that that's out there. Uh, let's see what else, anything else? I think we covered everything else. Just a reminder, we do have that fed now that kicked off last month. Uh, I haven't seen any more reporting on that or looked into it much, uh, myself actually, even after it's come out. Uh, so I don't have any more information about it, but just a reminder, Hey guys, uh, we do have the fed. 
trying to create a, a digital currency as a CBDC. Uh, so yeah, just just kind of reminder. Uh, I know we've been talking about that a long time, but it's at your doorfront. It's right there knocking on your door. Keep that in the back of your mind. You know, be aware. Pass that. No, that's that's all I got. Very good. We will go ahead and call this one done. It's been a great conversation. We will catch you next week, my friend. Like, thank you for being here today. Thank you to all of the listeners. God bless everyone. Have a great evening.